We're throwing off the filters of tradition and culture to discover what the Bible really says about our relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Welcome to this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Thank you for joining us today on Relationship Truth Unfiltered, where we want to encourage real personal growth in your relationship with yourself, with God, and with others. I'm Julie Sedanko here with relationship expert, Leslie Vernick. Today, we're going to bring a little freedom to our Christian sisters with a pretty big statement. You don't have to. Leslie, explain what we mean by that. All through my years of growing up and doing my personal work and then professionally, um, I have been stuck in a lie. And I have found the majority of women that I've worked with have also been stuck in the same lie. And that is, I have to. I don't have a choice. Um, So, for example, I have to cook dinner for my kids. I have to do their homework with them. I have to go to work part time. I have to stay married to this destructive person. I have to go to church every week. I have to do the laundry. I have to get up to go to work in the morning. You know, whatever it is, there's this resignation to life that is choiceless. I don't have a choice. I just have to do it. And I am going to push back on that idea today and say, no, you don't. You don't have to. Okay. But you do have to in certain ways. I mean, you do have to get it. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) I mean, of course you have to get up and do. I mean, I guess, yeah, you can wear dirty underwear for the rest of your life. But I mean, technically you do have to do your laundry and you do, there are things you have to do, right? No, you don't. And so this is, this is a really important lie for women to kind of stop saying to themselves if they want emotional freedom. So with every choice we make, there are consequences, right? So I don't have to brush my teeth before I go to bed. I don't have to. But if I don't, and that becomes a habit, I'm going to have probably more tooth decay than if I did brush my teeth before I go to bed. So I get to decide. I get to decide, am I going to brush my teeth before I go to bed or not brush my teeth? I don't have to get up in the morning and go to work. But if I don't, I'm not going to get a paycheck and I'm not going to have a job. Plenty of people live like that. They don't care. So you don't have to do that. You choose to do that. But in your mindset, if you believe you have no choices, what does that feel like? It feels pretty tedious and pretty defeating. Right. It feels defeating. It feels disempowering. And so when you believe I don't have a choice, then you feel helpless and voiceless and victimized by life and life situations. But that actually isn't the truth. God has created human beings with agency. The very thing he gave Adam Eve was choice. You can choose to listen to me and you can choose not to listen to me. Here are the consequences. Every choice we make, if I choose to eat ice cream every night, I can do it. There will be consequences, both to probably my arteries as well as my weight, but I can do it and I can choose not to do it. Okay. I I guess I see your point. Maybe it's a mindset shift that we're talking about, but there is some truth that if you want to be a good Christian woman, there are technically things that you have to do to achieve that goal. Would that be correct? 
Um, so there are things that you need to do, do if you want to achieve certain goals. Yes, but you don't have to do them. You want to do them because you want those goals. Right. Okay. So I think it is a language issue, but I think that language makes a difference in your mindset. So let me give you a story that really made this point clear. I was working with a woman who was separated from her husband. Actually, she was getting a divorce from her destructive husband. And we were working together because she was in a place of bitterness and resentment because I have to get up and go to work every day. I have to take care of the kids all by myself. I have to do their homework. I have to be the sole provider of my family. I have to be the responsible one. It's not fair. And she was caught in this, I have to mindset. And I said, actually, you don't have to. And she looked at me like I had lost my mind. <laughs> she said, like, like you are. And she kind of how I'm looking at you. Yeah, yes, exactly. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, actually, if you don't want to do any of those things, you could put your kids in foster care. You could not work and be homeless or find a new boyfriend. You could, you have options here. She goes, I could never do that. Why couldn't you? because I don't want to, I love my children, right? And so when you realize this is hard work, yes, and sometimes I don't feel like getting up in the morning, that's true, but I am gonna get up in the morning because I want to get a paycheck and I want to support my children because I don't want to put them in foster care and I want them to do their homework so that they get a future with the college education or whatever. And so I am going to do these things not because I necessarily feel like they're fun or enjoy doing them, but because I see the value of them and the results that I want from them. But that's a whole different mindset for her in the morning is I get to do this versus I have to do this. It's interesting because now that I think about it, I was having a conversation with my daughter recently and she was telling me about one of her best friends who is really upset. They're both seniors this year and her friend wants to go to a certain college and her parents have said, this is the college we're paying for. And so she feels like I have to go to this other school because that's the one my parents are paying for. And I was telling my daughter, she doesn't have to, she's 18. She can go whatever school she wants, but that's her parents' choice is saying, this is the one we'll pay for, but she could take out loans and do whatever she wants. You know, (laughs) I guess she could. But if she, if she sees it that way, imagine the freedom she has. Like, wow, okay, I choose the benefits of paying for my college over taking on debt. And that's my choice versus, Ugh, I have no choice and they're making me go to the school. Imagine the internal angst that goes on when you believe you're forced to do something you don't want to do. Her parents have boundaries and this is what we'll pay for and this is what we won't pay for. You decide. And then she decides. And there's a very different internal freedom that comes with knowing you decided versus you have your arm twisted behind your back and you don't have a choice. And I think this is so, so important because God has created people, humans with agency. Jesus gave Judas a choice. Judas, this is what you're about to do. Do you want to do this? Judas decided, yes, I'm going to go do this. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to have eternal life. Jesus told him, sell all your possessions and come and follow me because I don't want to do that. And Jesus said, okay. And he let him go. And it says in Luke, he looked at him and loved him and let him go. 
You see, God has created us with agency and freedom to make choices. If we are biblically oriented people, we read the consequences of bad choices. Proverbs talks about it. At the end of your life, you will groan because you made a lot of stupid choices. And this is the consequence. You're dying of lung cancer. You're, you're lost your family. Your kids won't talk to you because you made choices all along, not to discipline yourself, not to learn what you needed to learn from your mistakes. But these are your choices to make. It seems, especially in Christianity, that there is this sense of not having choices. It's like you go down to the altar, you kneel, you accept Christ, and you stand up and there's like this contract there for you. You have all these rules and do's and don'ts. Why do you think Christians feel that way? Do you feel like maybe they have a sense of safety in their rules or their have to's? And if I check certain boxes, then I'm a good Christian. Why, why is that? I do think that we believe that if we do it the right way, we're guaranteed a certain outcome. So here's an example. I remember working with a woman who was furious with God because she checked all the boxes of finding the right husband. She stayed a virgin until she got married. She went to a Christian college. She married a missionary major who was going to be a missionary to Africa or wherever. And, you know, so all the boxes, her parents approved, his parents approved. They had this beautiful wedding. They didn't have sex till they got married. They didn't even kiss much before they ever consummated their marriage. I mean, all the things that we were told that you need to do to have a successful marriage. And her husband turned out to be a serial rapist and was in prison for 25 years. And oh, she was like, wow. oh my gosh, you know, I didn't sign up for this. And she's right. She didn't sign up for this. And it was awful, awful. But I think we believe sort of like, and I don't know if anybody will remember this, people my age will, but when I was a kid, we had SNH green stamps and you would get stamps when you were going to the grocery store. And then if you filled the stamp book, you could cash it in for a prize. And we sort of believe that with God, that if I put my stamp here and don't have sex before I get married, and I put my stamp here and read my Bible every day, and if I put my stamp, I do all the things that you tell me I have to do, God, how dare you not give me what I want? Yeah. Especially if what I want is your will, like a good husband, a, a baby, a, a financially secure life, a good health. How dare you not give me that? And so I think it's really a very tricky thing that God owes me if I check the boxes. And so there's this comfort and security. And if something goes wrong in my life, like Job, Job checked all his boxes. He did everything right. At least he thought he did. And all of his friends said, well, you must have not checked one of those boxes, Job, because look what happened to you. God's mad at you and he's punishing you. And that isn't true. Jesus tells us very clearly, uh, you know, who sinned? The man who was born blind, who sinned, the man or his parents, neither. This is done for God's glory. Or when the Tower of Siloam fell on all these people, whose fault was it? It wasn't, it just happened. And so I think we like the rules because we think we can have control if we follow the rules. Yes, control, absolutely. There are rules in life. I'm not saying there aren't rules. Like I can choose to speed, but there is a rule. The speed limit is 30. And if I'm driving 40 or 50 in a 30 mile an hour speed zone, I could get a ticket. So I'm free to drive as fast and as reckless as I want to, but there are consequences of my choices, good choices as well as bad choices. And they're not guaranteed. Like I could drive 50 miles an hour through a school zone and not get caught and not suffer any consequences. And I can live very carefully and still get cancer, right? right? So there's no guarantees that if we do it right, 
we're going to get all the great results. Or if we do it wrong, we're going to blow up our life immediately. But if we have a habit of making consistently good choices, it's definitely more likely that we will have good outcomes in our life. And if we consistently make bad choices, it's very likely that we will groan at the end of our life. And what we tend to do in that moment, people who are lack self-reflection is blame God. God, why did you let all this happen to me? It was our own choices. We lived as a fool. We didn't take care of ourselves. We didn't take care of our thought life. We didn't steward our body. We didn't guard our heart above all else. For it is the wellspring of life. God calls us to do that. Those are our choices though. And when we don't do that, and we end up with a mess on our hands, we blame God and say, God, why did you let this happen to me? He didn't let it happen to us. Life happens to us in many ways because of what we choose to do. So if a mom chooses to take care of her kids, like the one I was talking about, and she chooses to get up in the morning, even when she doesn't feel like it, by telling herself she has no choice, she ends up feeling resentful and victimized by her husband's bad choice to leave the family. But if she tells herself, I get to take care of my kids, I get an an opportunity to earn a living to support us. It may not always feel fun. It's hard work. I'm exhausted. She can be real about the feelings involved with that. If she tells herself, I get to do this. I choose to do this. It's hard. Sometimes, many times, I don't feel like doing it. I mean, Julie, I walk every day for 12,000 steps most days. Never do I feel like going out the door. Like, oh, I feel like going for a walk right now. I go for a walk because I choose to, because I know it's good for me. And at the end of the walk, I always feel glad I did it. So the mom who raises her kids and goes to work and does the right thing because she knows she chooses to, can lay her head at the end of the night feeling like a good person, like a good mom, that I did what God called me to do. And I did it gladly and I'm happy to do it, even though I never felt like doing it while I was doing it. But the person who doesn't do it, and I don't feel like it, I'm not doing it. And they make that choice and you're allowed to. Notice how you feel at the end of the day. I just had an experience this weekend. So I was tempted with all the Christmas goodies to overeat. Uh, I'm sure everybody else was too. And uh, yeah, I, I went past temptation. <laughs> I did. I ate more sweets than I ever eat through the whole year. I ate more sweets in the last four days. And the fourth day that I was on my binge, I thought to myself every day at the end of the day, I feel horrible. horrible. Yes. So I want that cookie. I really want it. I'm so tempted. And I said to myself, how am I going to feel at the end of the day? If I do this, I am going to feel horrible again. Why am I going to do this to myself? Why would I make that choice? So I wanted the cookie, but I chose to say no to myself. And the Bible tells us we must learn to say no to ourselves for a higher yes. And at the end of the day, when I put my head in the pillow, I said, God, thank you so much. That's a huge mind shift, even when you think about just with food. Because if you're on a diet, you look at that cookie and you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then that cookie is so powerful because it's like, no, you must. <laughs> or it, it, it's this feeling of being deprived. Right. And so what you can say is I can eat it. I can eat five of these. I ate 
we had these bakery that makes these gigantic big chocolate chip cookies that are delicious. And I had oh my gosh. two of them. It's like eating 10 regular cookies. I, I mean, I felt such a sugar rush and horrible physically afterwards, but mentally I felt bad about myself. And so remembering that, so noticing that, like when I do something that I don't feel like doing, like exercising or holding my tongue, like I feel like saying some ugly words right now to you, but I choose not to. I feel better about myself at the end of the day. Like, thank you, God, that I didn't blow it in this moment. Whereas if I just couldn't help myself, how do I feel about myself? I feel horrible, right? And so this is really an important lesson for us to learn that we do have choices. And when we don't feel like choices and we're just making, I have to, I have to, I have to obey God. I have to love my kids. You don't. Plenty of people don't. Plenty of people don't live well Hmm. and look at their life. Is that what you want? Because there are consequences to all our choice. But when we make our choices out of our feelings, we usually make a bad choice, but at least it's our choice, but pay attention. Even when you make a choice out of feelings, like I choose to eat all these cookies, it's Christmas. I'm going to eat them all. Okay. I did. But I also noticed at the end of the day, I didn't feel good. Not only did I not feel good physically, I didn't feel good about me because I overate. And so just notice that. Wow. So feelings are pretty fickle. They tell me, take me, take me, take me. And, I say, yeah. and then I'm like, yeah, bad person, bad person, bad, you know, so feelings. Although, just- you know what, I have to say, there's also a, a sense of freedom in, you know what, I am going to have some dessert, and I'm going to feel good about it. And I'm not going to beat myself up about the fact that I Mm-hmm. You know what? It's Christmas time. I'm going to eat two chocolate chip cookies. Yes, they're the size of a hubcap, but maybe I won't feel good physically, but I, I told myself it was okay and it is okay. And I don't need to call myself a fat pig at the end of the night. Exactly. Right. Or even I, I messed up and I learned from it. That's, those are all really good lessons. But I think this, I have to, I have to stay married. I have to stay being a good mom when I don't want to, you know, there are plenty of moms who abandon their children, Mm. put them in foster care, beat them, treat them horribly. Now, I don't suspect that anybody who's listening to this podcast would want to do that. But when you put yourself in the have to do the good things category, it's sort of like you're robbing yourself of the good feeling that says, I choose to, I choose to parent my children well. I choose to provide for my family, even when it costs me some of my pleasure time because I have to work. I choose to control my mouth so I don't pay stupid tax later on with my kids and consequences, right? There's a good feeling that comes from saying I made good choices, even when I didn't feel like it, or even when they, I chose to clean up my house when it was a mess, even though I didn't feel like it, but afterwards I love the results. Versus I have to clean my house today. And then you never get a good feeling because you had to. So take going back to the Bible, there are, I, I'm still, I I'm hear what you're saying and I love it. And then I, I have these questions mm-hmm. that keep coming up because there are do's and don'ts in the Bible. Are you saying those are just suggestions or are they do's and don'ts if you want to have a good life? I mean, I, I feel the Christian in me going, but no, you do have to do this <laughs> still. No, you don't have to. You choose to, 
Because God says, this is the way of life. Walk in it. Do you want to or not? In Deuteronomy, remember when Moses was on the mountain? And he says, these are your choices. Choose life or choose death. These are the consequences of your choices. Follow God, choose life, or follow your own feelings and whims and desires. And that will be the consequences. But you get to choose. You get to choose whether you believe God or not believe God. And if you believe God, and you truly do, you know, if I believe someone who's saying to me, hey, if you put your money here, it will grow. And I believe that person, then I'm going to make that choice. I don't have to. But if if I believe my investment counselor and says, hey, you're going to get a 10% return if you invest your $1,000 here. And if you just keep it in the bank, you're going to get nothing. I don't have to do it, but I would be stupid not to. Right? Yeah. So when God says, hey, when you follow me and you listen to me, you will have a better life because I know what makes life work and what's important. We choose to do that because God is telling us this is the way of life. Walk in it. Let me read to you a a passage of scripture from the Psalms that I love because Psalm 19 is the longest Psalm. It's like five pages long in the Bible. So it's a really long Psalm. So it's a nice one to meditate on for little sections. But he says, for example, I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but then I'll capitalize on the choice. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their heart. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. So it's not you have to. God says, if you want to have joy and have a good life, this is what you can do. This is the way to walk in it. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. And he goes on. So let me just read to you what he's declaring then. In verse 33, teach me your decree, O Lord, and I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instruction. I will put them into practice with all of my heart. And then in Psalm 119, he says, I, in verse 30, I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. That's Hmm. choice. That's choice. I will obey you. Jesus had a choice in the garden. Not my will but thine be done. Now he didn't have to go to the cross. He chose to go to the cross. He didn't feel like going to the cross. He chose it. And I think when we choose to do right, there's two things that happen. One is there's a, an alignment with who we say we want to be, right? We want to be a godly person. We want to follow God. We're saying that because people who don't want to follow God, don't read their Bible and they don't do what God says to do. They have that choice. So it's not like once you become a Christian, your choice is voided. You have a choice. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Listen to me. Do what I say and love me, honor me. But you get to decide. He's giving us the path. Just like my financial advisor might say, hey, these are where you want need to invest your money. And I can decide or not decide. Wow, that's so good. What do you think has been the impact on women or even to the church in general, Leslie, by this concept or belief that you have to do this in order to be this? And what has been that impact? You know, I think by nature, we're a bit rebellious. (laughs) And so 
when we're told we have to, it kind of causes us to arch our back and we resist. And so I think when we can give our kids a choice, even as parents to our children, hey, I was just talking to someone about this and her daughter was very rebellious. And I said, just like this parent, you know, you can choose to obey me and things will go better for you, or you can choose to disobey me and you'll have to spend you know, you'll lose iPad privileges, or you will lose driving privileges, or you will lose these privileges, you decide. There's a very powerful moment in our maturity, when we realize, oh, we get to decide, we are going to choose life, or we're going to choose death, we're going to choose obey or disobey versus I have to obey, but we're still inside angry about it and rebellious. And so I think the consequence of church leadership, especially in my field with counseling and coaching and pastoral counseling, you can't divorce. You have to reconcile. You have to forgive. That is robbing people of the opportunity to think through who they want to be and what they want to do and how they want to live their life, which is part of growing up and maturing. That doesn't mean that there aren't consequences of our bad choices. There are, but we get to pick them and we get to choose them. We don't always get to pick the consequences, but if we want to live well, it's more likely that we will live well when we do it according to God's plan. And so what happens when the church kind of twists people arm and does the guilt trip and you have to stay married or you're going to hell or you have to reconcile because that's what God calls you to do. I think there's some truth in saying to people, these are your options and these are the possible consequences. And you get to decide. And when we don't, and even with our children, because when we don't do that, what we do is we keep people dependent on us to be the all wise one to tell them what to do for their life instead of them learning to think for themselves and praying and talking to God about what they need to do. It keeps them from taking responsibility for their own life and their own life decisions. And what that happens then is they can blame, well, you said to do this or you made me do that. And now it's not their responsibility for how their life's going. It's yours because you told me to do that. So I think when we can give people the power and the awareness, the mindset to say, I get to decide it. Let me just, if I had a whiteboard here, if you think about ourselves, our different parts of ourselves, and we'll be talking about this more in a future podcast, but we have a thinking self and we have a feeling self and we have a choosing self. And we also have God. And when those things are all aligned, our thinking self, our feeling self, our choosing self and God with our, you know, all what like God, you know, wants us to love him and we do love him and we want to serve him and all that's aligned. It's, a, it's an amazing moment, but that's not life and that's not reality. Most of the time, our feeling self is not always aligned with God. Our thinking self is not always aligned with God. And so part of our maturity in Christ is moving into alignment with who God calls us to be and who God says we are, because we want to, we want to be that. And that's where God says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, renew your mind with the truth, guard your heart above all else, for it is the wellspring of life. You get to decide whether or not you're going to do that. But the only person who can do that is you. But when we live in dependency on other people to tell us what to do and to think for us, we live in a childlike, dependent, immature place, and that is not God's will for us because it is God's will, Paul says, for you to mature and live a holy life. God says, I used to think like a child, but now 
I think like a man. I've grown up into Christ. And that is our job and our responsibility as human beings, not to be perfect. We're always going to be human beings. So that means we're going to make mistakes and we're not going to always know everything, but we're called to exercise our chooser. And so when we feel like we don't have a choice and everyone's telling us I have to, and I don't have a choice that keeps us in a childlike dependent place, which is unhealthy for an adult to be. I have a daughter that's going to be 18 in three months. And, uh, it's been a bit of a challenge, the teenage thing. I'm like, give me a toddler. I'll, I'll potty train them all. But the teenage thing has been a challenge and it's, it's, uh, been interesting with her, with her work and trying, they required her to do some training and she was procrastinating it and procrastinating it and they wouldn't let her work until she got her training done. Mm -hmm. And I was doing the mom thing and grounding her and taking this away or that away. And it was not working. And so I finally realized the kid's going to be 18. So I just went to her and said, you know what? Don't do the training. I don't care. You're not grounded anymore. Do what you're going to do. But I am going to tell you in three months, I won't be paying your car insurance and I won't be paying for your phone. And the change in her face was like a completely different kid. And I, I guess I just had to tell her, yeah, that's not how the world works. You don't get a free phone and a free car and free this and that, and you're not getting it here. And she got her online training done. Amazing. So, and she yeah. chose to do that, right? She, she chose to. And I, I, so I guess I'm seeing it even in my own children that it, it, it works. There is a difference in just that mindset. It was the same thing she had to do five minutes before, five minutes after, but choosing to do it versus having your mom shove it down your throat was a really big, it was a big deal for her. It is. And even, even a toddler, once they understand language, I mean, they want, they want to make their own choices. I can do it myself. I can feed myself. I can dress myself. They want to make choices. And so within the age of responsibility and they're capable, I think giving them choices, um, even with a toddler who's throwing a fit, hey, you can choose to throw a fit, but you have to do it in your room. When you're ready to stop, when you choose to stop, you may come out. Guess how long that fit's going to last? When you tell them you have to stop, they're going to just blow oh, up yeah. because they are not going to be controlled. We are not wired that way. As soon as someone tries to control us, we arch our back or for many women, they deflate into a shell of who they were supposed to be. And they become this compliant, robotic people pleaser. And that is not who God calls you to be. He calls you to be a full-grown, mature, capable woman. And that includes having choice. So I would encourage all who are listening to change your language from, I have to do this to, I get to do this, or I want to do this, or I don't want to do this, but I do want to do this. I don't want to do it because I don't feel like it, but I do want to do it because I want the outcome. I want the results. And when you start to talk to yourself this way, you will find yourself getting stronger and stronger and more capable and more confident to be all God calls you to be. Thank you, Leslie. I guess I get to go do my laundry now. <laughs> Absolutely. You get to do that. Or <laughs> not. You or not. There you go. But it's a very, very powerful 
mindset shift that I think will have a big impact for those of us who choose to take it to heart. So thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's all for this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Thank you so much for listening. Go to lesliewernick.com for more resources. If this show was helpful, please subscribe and share, and we would love your honest rating and review. Until next time, may God bless your relationships with him, with yourself, and with others.